This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome you to the Warning television program. Actually, we're in our college chapel here at World Ministries International. It's our prayer night, and this is a live audience. We've already gone into intercession as far as prayer, and now we're going to just share what I believe is very important for the church to understand. The title is Self-Defense. Many Christians are very confused over a believer's responsibilities in the areas of self-defense, a righteous war, justifiable homicide, legal execution, etc. When the church does not understand a Christian's rights and responsibilities in these areas, they become needless victims. Many Christians become pacifists, fail to become the protector of their home and nation. In these cases, the believers are not persecuted for righteousness' sake, but instead for ignorance. What does the Bible say about retaliation or vengeance? Matthew 5, 38 through 42. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the cheek, turn the other cheek. And if anyone wants to sue you, take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. The Reverend Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a Lutheran pastor, author, theologian, and anti-Nazi dissident, knew his responsibilities as an ambassador of Jesus Christ. He was a spy against the Nazis in World War II, which was a just war, and involved in the assassination attempt against Adolf Hitler. Yet when he was captured, he became the perfect Christ-like example of Jesus, what he was saying when under the control of dictators like the Roman couriers mentioned above and with Bonhoeffer in a German prison. He fought the enemies of the church when he was free, as that was his obligation instructed to all of us in scriptures. Yet when captured, then again, as a commandment by God, loved his enemies instead of continuing to fight them. In other words, he did not hate them. Just because Bonhoeffer was executed by German guards and just before he was executed, 
The guards were so impressed by his love that they offered to help him escape, but he refused, fearing the guards and their families would be retaliated against by the Nazis. So he freely gave up his life, which is the ultimate example of God's love, and died without fear. So here we have Dietrich Bonhoeffer understanding his responsibilities and operating in that love, trying to protect his family, his friends, his nation, including a dissident against the Nazis and even an assassination attempt against Hitler. Yet when he was captured, he went ahead and freely showed that same love because he never did hate his enemies. He loved them. You can love your enemies and resist them. He loved his enemies. He showed the Christ-like spirit and he died and they were so impressed they were willing to help him escape. Turn the other cheek. What is it directly talking about? They were under Roman control. And if a Roman courier asked you to go with him one mile, Jesus said, hey, show that Christ-like spirit, that attitude, and go too. If he slaps you, turn the other cheek. There's nothing you can do. You're under Roman control. It's like a prison camp. If a guard slaps you, you're going to slap him back, you'll be shot and killed. So this is common sense. Jesus said, hey, again, if he wants your shirt, give him also your coat. Don't cause trouble. If you want to have peace, just cooperate. When people read Matthew 5, 38 through 42, they think the Lord is telling them not to defend themselves. Jesus is not saying that at all. He is saying not to retaliate as far as vengeance. Romans 12, 14. It is also saying to do more than what is required and be kind and generous. Matthew 18, 15 through 22. Matthew 5, 38 through 44 is actually in reference to a king's courier, the authority to force others into service for a king's business. To refuse would have been an unpardonable offense to the king. Matthew 27, 32. Romans 12, 17. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. 1 Peter 3.9 Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do and he will grant you his blessing. It's like if somebody is honking at you, just ignore them. You don't need to honk back. If they're cursing at you, ignore them. You don't need to curse back. That's what this is saying. Proverbs 24, 29, and don't say now, I can pay them back for what they've done to me. I'll get even with them. The meaning is so clear. If someone is a bad, rude, evil, foul-mouthed person, doesn't mean you have to become that same jerk. We should always exhibit the demeanor of Christ as far as the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Again, this certainly does not mean we cannot defend ourselves or our families or arrest this person for a crime. What do the scriptures say about self-defense? Exodus 22, 2-3. Two if a thief is caught breaking in at night and is struck a fatal blow, the defender is not guilty of bloodshed. But if it happens after sunrise, the defender is guilty of bloodshed. These verses certainly advocate self-defense. When a burglar is taking place in your home at night, you should shoot the intruder, killing him, 
then that is considered self-defense because you could not discern whether the person was trying to harm, rape, or kill you. Again, at night. But when it's daylight, you can discern much better if the person is just a thief, wanting to steal something of your possessions, or he's an attacker, he's a rapist, he's a murderer. These verses also explain the difference between justifiable homicide, in which the defendant can righteously use legal force to defend himself, his family, in the prevention of a crime. It also explains that it is not legitimate to kill someone just trying to steal your property. In the United States, our civil laws come from the Bible where it is clear that not all crimes are worthy of death. Luke 11.21, when a strong man fully armed guards his own house, his possessions are safe. Isaiah 49.24, who can snatch the plunder of war from the hands of a warrior? Who can demand that a tyrant let his captives go? Nehemiah 4.13-14, so I placed armed guards behind the lowest parts of the wall in the exposed areas. I stationed the people to stand guard by families, armed with swords, spears, and bows. Then I looked over the situation. I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, Don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious, and fight for your brothers, fight for your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. So here... As they were building the wall, half of them stood by to defend the other half. They were ready to fight and defend their homes, their families, their daughters, their wives. Self-defense is warranted for an unlawful arrest. Matthew 26, 51 through 54. But if one of the men with Jesus pulled out his sword and struck the high priest's ear, slashing it off, put away your sword, Jesus said. Those who use the sword would die by it. Why was he saying it? Well, one, his disciples were armed. Two, they were overwhelmed. You wouldn't win that fight, and they would all be dead, and they wouldn't be apostles to shake up the entire world. Two, Jesus did not come to save his life. He came to give his life. He did not want somebody preventing him from taking away the sins of the world. Don't you realize I could call and ask my father for a thousand angels to protect us? He would send them instantly. But if I did, how would the scriptures be fulfilled that describe what must happen now? Jesus came to give up his life. That's love. Matthew 26, 55 through 56, In that hour Jesus said to the multitudes, Have you come out as a robber with swords and clubs to take me? I sat daily with you teaching in the temple. You did not seize me. But all this was done that scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. Luke 22, 49 through 53. The disciples, seeing what was going to happen, cried, Lord, shall we use our swords? You see, the disciples were armed. And one of them did slash off the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. Jesus said, this will do. He touched and healed his ear. Then he spoke to the chief priests, temple guards, elders who were there to arrest him. So you have come out with your swords and staves as if I was a bandit. Day after day I was with you in the temple. You did not lay hand on me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness is yours. John 8, 10 through 12, Simon Peter drew out his sword and slashed the high priest's slave. Jesus 
said to Peter, put your sword back into your sheath. I am not here to preserve my life. Shall I drink from the cup of suffering the Lord has given me? So the soldiers, their commanding officer and the temple guards arrested Jesus and tied him up. Note, obviously, even Jesus' disciples had weapons for self-defense. It's like you and me today, having a 38, snub-nosed 38. Or maybe you carry something larger, a 9mm, a 357. Here they had the right to employ their swords in defense of an unlawful arrest. But Jesus offered himself as a sacrifice for our sins. So we might be justified before God and have eternal life. Jesus did not want anyone protecting him. Jesus also knew the disciples were completely outnumbered. He wanted apostles to shake the world, not dead disciples. Esther 8, 11 through 12. The king's decree gave the Jews in every city authority to unify and defend themselves. They were allowed to kill, slaughter, annihilate anyone of a nationality or province who might attack them or their children, wives, and take their property. So here, the Jews were allowed to defend themselves, their property, their lives, their estate. Nehemiah four sixteen through 18. From then on, only half the men worked with the other half stood guard with spears, shield, bowls, coats of mail. The leaders stationed themselves behind the people of Judah who were building the wall. The laborers carried out their work with one hand supporting their load and one holding a weapon. All the builders had a sword belted to their side. The trumpeters stayed with me to sound the alarm. What did Jesus say about buying weapons? Luke 22, 35 through 37. Jesus asked them, when I sent you out to preach the good news, you did not have money, traveler's bag, and extra pair of sandals. Did you need anything? No, they replied. But now he said, take your money and traveler's bag, and if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy a sword. For the time has come for this prophecy about me to be fulfilled. He was counted among the rebels. Yes, everything written about me by the prophets will come true. Luke twenty-two thirty-eight through 39. Lord, look, they replied. Have we two swords among then, accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs and went to the Mount of Olives. What is God's view on protecting yourself and your neighbor, your family? Psalms 82.4, rescue the poor and helpless, deliver them from the grasp of evil people. Proverbs 24.11, rescue those who are unjustly sentenced to death. Save them as they stagger to their death. This is what Bonhoeffer was trying to do when they were rounding up the Jews to execute them. That's why he resisted the Nazis. First Timothy 5.8 But those who won't care for their relatives, especially their own in their house, have denied the true faith. Such are worse than an unbeliever. If you don't protect your wife, if a rapist is coming in, you're worse than an unbeliever. You're an infidel. Or you're an idiot. Because that is not what the Bible says to turn the other cheek. That's only if you're already in a concentration camp. Other than that, the scripture is very clear for self-defense and to protect the innocent. Legal execution, justifiable homicide. Exodus 21.16 Kidnappers must be put to death whether they are caught in possession of their victims or already sold them as slaves. Deuteronomy 24.7 
If anyone kidnaps a fellow Israelite and treats him as a slave or sells him, the kidnapper must die. In this way, you will purge the evil from among you. You know, you have child trafficking, sex trafficking all over the United States and around the world. You still have slavery in parts of Africa. They'll amputate different parts of your body. They'll kill you if you don't cooperate. Deuteronomy 5.17, you shall not murder. Note the scriptures above and below where the legal execution of a criminal convicted of a crime was authorized. Deuteronomy 17.1-7 Do not sacrifice to the Lord your God an ox, a sheep that has a defect. That would be detestable. If a man or woman among you in one of the towns of the Lord gives you is found doing evil in the eyes of the Lord in violation of his covenant and contrary to my command has worshipped other gods bowing down to them or the sun or the moon or the stars in the sky and this has been brought to your attention then you must investigate it thoroughly. If it's true, it has been proven this detestable thing has been done in Israel. Take the man or woman who has done this evil deed to your city gate, stone that person to death. Again, Criminals were convicted of capital crimes were authorized then to face legal execution and you were supposed to execute them. On the testimony of two or three witnesses, a person is to be put to death. But not one person is to be put to death on a testimony of only one witness. I think Kyle Rittenhouse must be pretty happy for that. As our president was so biased in the news media and exhibited sheer political racism tried to convict an innocent man. The hands of the witnesses must be the first in putting that person to death. And then the hands of all the people, you must purge evil from among you. Leviticus 24, 16 through 17, if anyone who blasphemes the name of the Lord is to be put to death, the entire assembly must stone them. Whether foreigner, native born, and blasphemes the name of the Lord there are supposed to be put to death. Anyone who takes the life of a human being is to be put to death. In other words, if you kill someone, premeditated killing that person, not legal execution, you're supposed to be killed. Blasphemes the name of the Lord. Wow. We'd lose two-thirds of Congress. Might be a good thing. We can finally have blessing and prosperity as we get rid of the traitors trying to move us in a new world order. Jesus is going to deal with those that blaspheme his name. He has to separate them eternally. That's the point of hell. Because the Bible says if he doesn't finally deal with these blasphemers, they'll continue to come after the innocent like they're doing today. Esther 9, 1 through 5. Now in the twelfth month, month of Adar, on the thirteenth day, the time came for the king's command, his decree to be executed. On that day, the enemies of the Jews had hoped to overpower them. The opposite occurred. The Jews overpowered them. And we know the story without reading this whole case. The Jews defeated all their enemies with the stroke of a sword, with slaughter and destruction, and did what they pleased with those who hated them. Note, this was justifiable homicide in widespread self-defense with legal force in a non-wartime, non-law enforcement situation. They were just defending themselves from sheer racism. This might actually happen in the United States or other nations to save Christians if they have educated, godly, Iscard leadership behind the pulpit who understands their responsibilities given to them by God, explaining the Bible to protect the church. Again, 
Bonhoeffer understood his responsibilities. The Black Robe Brigade understood their responsibilities, led the call to freedom, recruiting men out of their congregation, fighting the British so you and I could have the United States of America today. They understood their responsibilities for freedom. We are living in unprecedented times. It is the most important situation you and I can face today is to understand our role in self-defense. It's most important. We need to understand it for ourselves, our families, our nation. Owning weapons for self-defense. A righteous war. For Samuel 13, 19 through 22. Now no skilled craftsman could be found in all the land of Israel. For the Philistines had said, so that the Hebrews cannot make swords or spears for themselves. So all Israel went down to the Philistines, each to have his plowshare, his medocks, his axe, and his iron plowshare sharpened. The charge was two-thirds of a shekel for the plowshare and for the medocks, and a third of a shekel for the pick and the axe to set the goading sticks. So on the day of battle, there was not a sword or spear in the hands of all the army that was with Saul and Jonathan, but Saul and his son Jonathan had them. But they went ahead and sharpened what they had. Farming tools to fight with, to defend themselves, to deal with a righteous war. Psalm 144.1 Blessed be the Lord, my strength, who teaches my hands to war and my fingers to fight. Psalm 18.34 He trains my hand for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. 1 Samuel 17.34-37 David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it, struck it, delivered the lamb from its mouth. When it arose up, I caught it, struck it, killed it. Your servant has killed a lion and a bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me, from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. Note, the Bible you can read of accounts where David used lethal weapons, not only in war and self-defense, but against a bear and a lion to protect the sheep. In today's standards of weapons, we will be talking about a forty-four magnum. The goal is always to protect and preserve life. I got a man right here sitting in this room. He carries a forty-four when he goes fishing because of the bears. I don't know if he's wanting to protect the salmon or himself. No, I think he wants to protect himself. Numbers 1, 22 through 46. Then the descendants of Simeon and all the men 20 years old or more who were able to serve in the army were counted as listed by name, one by one, according to the records of their clans and families. The number from the tribe of Simeon was 59,300. The descendants of Gad, all 20 years old or more, who were able to serve in the army. According to the records of their clans and families, the number of the tribe of Gad was 46,650. If we read it, every tribe lists how many men were ready for war to fight, to defend their families, to defend their nation. Judges 3, 1-31. through 31. These are the nations left to test all of the Israelites. The five rulers of the Philistines, all the Canaanites, the Sidonites, the Hevites, living in the Lebanon mountains from the Mount Hermon to Lebo. They were left to test to see whether they would obey the Lord's commandments. 
The Israelites lived with the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pizzites, Hevites, and Jebusites. They took their daughters in marriage and gave their own daughters to their sons and served their gods. Said, and Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Israel, as always, went into slavery. They cry out to God, as always, and God sends them a deliverer. When we repent, God always forgives. Says Ehud, a left-handed man, the son of Gurah, the Benjamite. Hebrews sent him with tribute to Eglon, king of Moab. Ehud had a double-edged sword with a cubit long, which strapped to his right thigh under his clothing. He presented the tribute to Eglon, king of Moab, who was a very fat man. After he presented the tribute, then he stuck the sword into this very fat man, this king, this oppressor, this dictator, and he died. Judges 4.21, here Jael hammers a tent peg into an enemy commander's head when he sleeps after fleeing from a battle. First Kings 18.39-40, when all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, The Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. Elijah commanded them, seize the prophets of Baal, don't let anyone escape. They see them, Elijah had brought them down to the valley and slaughtered them. Ladies and gentlemen, we serve a God, a God of war, a God of love. Ahab's family was killed in 2 Kings 10, 1 through 28. The servants of Baal were killed. Self-defense, it's justified. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.